I awoke after a period of time where I was unconscious. But before I can speak on it, let me take you into a realm of unconsciousness. Eyes closed, it felt like I had slept for days when I realized where I was. I'm not sure how I got here. I just know that the last time I remembered being me, I was pulling the covers over my head. We all have moments like this in life, a moment where we are unconscious. My mind was filled with so many thoughts and I just wanted to stop thinking, stop feeling, stop hoping, stop keeping the faith, stop praying. I'm ashamed the most of the last one. I always imagined myself praying even in my sleep. Things just got so overwhelming. And if I just stopped, maybe I could catch my breath. Breathe, Kingston, breathe. That's what I kept whispering to myself during my time of unconsciousness. You are a fighter, reclaim your life. But there I was, still sleeping, still not feeling. Oh, the break from feeling was the most therapeutic. My heart could just beat and I could just be. No tears, no fears, no feeling. Life was just swallowing me up and I stopped feeling. Numbness was my friend. She promised me a life of no tears, forgetting to mention that she, numbness that is, would also take away smiles. Did I really want to give up all of that? I could do without my heart breaking, but what about the times my heart fell so deep in love that it felt like the heavens were smiling at me? What about those times? Eyes closed, yet a tear fell. One tear. That's all it took, and I could suddenly feel again. Just one tear, and I was back. Promising myself never to willingly lay in a state of unconsciousness and to never willingly give up on my life and heart. My eyes slowly began to open. Part of my spirit awoke, unlocking my limbs and my arteries. Suddenly, blood was pumping through my body with a powerful force. The tears started to stream then, and my eyes were now fully open. Crying was a sign of being conscious. I was now conscious and it was the deepest awakening I had ever experienced. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you Toy from Toy Time. She's going to take you to a place where you are going to learn what can happen after the baby came. Toy, step into the ring and let them know what you experience after the most beautiful event in your life. I'm pregnant. The words I told my fiance in 2010, discovering that we would be having our first son in 2011. Most moms would tell you that when you hear the words, I'm pregnant, you're supposed to be filled with joy and gladness. And initially I was, until he was born. I wasn't prepared for the amount of emotions that I was going to be feeling. What was I going to be doing to even help bring this little man into the world? I'd already had a two-year-old at home. I had just moved from a small town to a big city. My job had just downsized. I felt like I was completely out of my league. I tried to join my family to my fiance's family, and I found that many times that I was pretty much an outsider, alone, out of my league, in a home that wasn't mine, with two small babies to take care of. I was so helpless. I cried 
when my fiance basically went back to work? Who was going to help change these diapers? I mean, in myself, I knew that it was going to have to be me, but it was more than just changing diapers. I felt completely overwhelmed. I felt immense amount of sadness. I had no idea what was going to happen next. I went from one child to two. It seemed like overnight. No one prepared me for what I was going to face. I mean, obviously with the second child, I knew what to do. I knew how to take care of a newborn. I went right into the motions. But the one thing that no one ever talks about is what happens when you're depressed? What is postpartum? These are things you don't hear, especially in the black community. I didn't even know what postpartum was until after three months of going through hell that I figured it out. I probably could highlight so many different situations, so many times where I had felt like I was pretty much losing control. I mean, think about it. I was a stay-at-home mom, two babies, with my fiance's mother. I could get up and make breakfast. I could put a load of laundry in the washing machine. I could make a fierce dinner. I could keep the clothes clean. I could keep the house straightened. But one thing I couldn't control was my emotional outburst that I had no idea was even going to be overtaking me. I can remember one situation where my husband invited one of our mutual friends to come and visit. I was actually with my parents. And as I came back, she came. Now, for all you guys are thinking it was some drama, it really wasn't about the, the female friend because she was a mutual friend of ours. The problem came when I walked into the house. He and I were not on the same page. I went upstairs, leaving my two babies with my friend. And I basically told my fiance that if he didn't do what I said and wouldn't just let me leave my room, that I was going to call the police on him. Now, what set me off? I couldn't even tell you to this day. A simple argument had overtaken me. I felt like my freedom was already taken just from having the two young babies in the first place. I felt like I was in this home where I couldn't make decisions and no one would even respect anything that I had to say. The depression that I was feeling was causing me not to be in the least bit rational. Everything and anything was set me off. We struggled in that room. It wasn't that he was pushing me. He wasn't hitting me. He was just trying to protect me from hurting myself. I was so far gone. I was cussing. I was screaming. I was throwing stuff. And all the while I had a two-year-old that was probably absorbing everything that I was saying. I had a one-month-old baby who was just sitting there helpless. And at the moment, I couldn't even think rationally of what I should do to protect them, let alone myself. What led to that? Could it be the nights that I stayed at home, taking care of both kids, answering to my mother-in-law while my husband worked every single day? I mean, I was already taking a hit. I mean, being a stay-at-home mom is not easy. I mean, there are days when literally I wanted to literally pull my entire head of hair out of my head. I could get a call from my husband and he decides, hey, I'm, I'm going to go get a couple drinks with my friends. See, I was in a city that I didn't know anyone of and I had no friends. So now I'm in this house, day in, day out, changing diapers, potty training, fixing dinner every single day. Instead of speaking up and saying, hey, I'm overwhelmed, you have to come home or even trying to venture out and try to make new friends. I just stayed almost like I was a prisoner in this house and nobody was even chaining me. I was no one was keeping me captive. I was keeping myself captive, but I was overwhelmed. I was so out of my league. I remember many days screaming, having fights, throwing stuff. I used to keep clothes in the back of the trunk because every other second I kept saying, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I can't take this anymore. Nobody is understanding me. I cried so many days. 
And the sad part is when I would talk to my parents, I would, you know, say how the great things that were happening. I never told anybody of all the things that were going on because I felt alone. No one would be understand how I felt at those moments when I just felt like I couldn't break free and I had to break stuff. And no one could tell me that, hey, you need to go and see somebody. One day I went to pack the kids into the car on one of my I'm getting ready to leave moments. And my daughter looked up to me and said, mommy, are you okay? And of course, like any good mom, I said, yes, I am fine. But I sat there one day crying because you know what I wasn't? I wasn't fine. I went into one of my books and I started reading about postpartum depression. I immediately made a phone call to get an appointment, but you know how the medical field works. It took me almost a month to get in. So in that initial month, I literally was going through the same emotions that were overtaking me before, but I had a little bit of hope because I felt like I was going to get some help. I made the appointment and I went to my first appointment. And the first thing she said was I understood the tears. I mean, I feel like tears come into my eyes now because the tears that welded into my face, you have no idea if you're struggling and you've been in this place, you know what that feels like to finally say that you could let your guard down with no kids, walk into a room with another adult and have a conversation about yourself that makes it feel like you are going to make it. You can make it. Somebody's listening to you. You have somebody that cares. That's all it takes sometimes. And the biggest taboo thing that most people in the black community don't want to talk about is medication. I ended up having to be on medication for almost six months. It might even been six months to a year. And every time I took a pill, I felt so defeated. What would my parents think? What would my sister and my brother think? What would my friends think? You know, I've always had this strong personality. Everyone thinks that I can just take everything. I've been through most of things that most of my friends haven't even been through. But at the end of the day, I'm still human. I'm a woman. I was a mother, a lonely mother at that. No network. I had no one that I could pick up. And then the sad part was oftentimes I would come right back to my hometown. So I would pack the kids up and take a two hour drive because that was my normalcy for me. I can go see friends that were here because they weren't where I was. I could go back to the same restaurants that I'm used to, the same gas stations, just the same routine because the routine was safe for me. It was hard branching out to take that first step and to take that first step with children clinging onto you that need you for every step. I couldn't make decisions on my own. So the many days when I've had several and several and several, several thousand of meltdowns, I had to gather myself and keep smiling and put on Dora and keep dancing in the living room when reality is I wanted to run straight out the door, leave my kids in the house and just keep going. But I couldn't. Because all I kept thinking about was who was going to fight for them, who was going to make sure they had the things that they were needing that I was already providing. So every day I woke up crying, sometimes crying, sometimes mad, sometimes, you know what, downright angry. But I kept going. There was many days where I didn't think I was going to make it. I honestly just felt like I, I, I wasn't going to make it. Sometimes the depression was so overwhelming. It felt like I was taking my last breath just from getting up in the morning. But I had to keep pressing. If you are a woman right now and you are a mother, or even if you're not a mother, just a woman going through, but this one is about postpartum. So if you're a mother and you literally have nobody, I'm telling you, I had no one that I could rely on. Most of my friends that I did start to make were actually just basically extensions of my husband's friends. And that bothered me. Why couldn't I just go and be my normal self? You know, what was normal? Was normal being able to get up and go to my favorite bookstore like I had done when I was at home many a times and have my favorite coffee drink. But those days weren't always one and the same. I will definitely share with you some of the things that it took for me to come out of my depression. 
One of those things was finding an activity once a week that was only for me. The kids couldn't go. My husband, and when he became my husband, by the time my fiance had to keep the kids one night a week for me to go and do this activity. And ironically, as it seems, my activity was doing pole dancing. I wanted to do the uh, pole dancing class because I wanted to step out of my element and build my confidence up. And what is more confidence building than putting on a pair of stiletto heels, going down a pole and using your upper body strength? There's nothing like it. Again, I'm not advocating that that's what you should do. That's not maybe your stick, but find an activity that you do and you stay and remain consistent. The days that I didn't want to go, I did. I just kept going. And then after my pole dance class, I would then go to my favorite bookstore, which I then started to Google and find where that was and started making my little, you know, rounds to my little spot and finding my magazines and getting back to the things that made me me. But I started out from just doing one consistent activity a week. Then from once a week, then I started doing things and started meeting up with other people. Um, One of the other things, too, that I did was at the time is I actually got on social media Because I felt like I didn't have a lot of adult interaction and I was only talking about diapers and doll babies, I ended up finding Twitter to be a great release for me. It allowed me to be able to talk randomly about stuff that didn't make sense or stuff that did make sense and other people could respond. I started to build a network. I met some, I can say I actually met some really great people because I actually have built relationships with some of them and actually have talked to them and exchanged conversations. And again, I wouldn't say do this on a regular basis, but they became, they were actually some friends that I actually already had that I was able to reconnect with. So I don't want to make it seem like I'm just out there looking for strangers, but it was about just getting out branching out and finding something that was just for me and being consistent and loving myself enough, you know, going to get my hair done and feeling like I was worthy to do that because I didn't have to make the excuse that I'm a mom and the kids, the kids, the kids. Sometimes if you don't take care of your health and take care of yourself, you're never going to be a good mom to your kids because all my kids were seeing for at least a year was just crying and upset and screaming and fights and doors being slammed. I remember my twin sister coming to visit for my son's birthday party and I was slamming doors and hollering and cussing. And I was more upset and more anxious really and having anxiety about even going to the birthday party in the first place, because all it did was remind me that I was having, you know, that I had my son and he was a year old and he was healthy, but it reminded me of the struggle. And I just didn't know how to put that in words. You're probably going to have moments when you just don't know what to do. You have no idea what to say and you just have to go with what you know. But for me, medication helped. For me, getting out once a week helped. For me, putting myself as a priority helped. But it took me taking that initial step to get out of the house once a week. After the baby came, the rain fell. Today, I overheard a male coworker telling some female coworkers how crazy his ex-wife or mother of his daughter was. He said they were married for six years and were doing well until she gave birth to their daughter. He whined about the fact that he was there for her and helped out with their child, and she stopped wanting him to go out and grab a beer with his friends twice a month. I was so good to her, he said. She was just crazy and still is, but I love my daughter. I did not know this man at all, but something in me decided to interject and speak on his ex-wife's behalf because he said she was still making his life a living hell and he's 42. Too young for this shit. His words, not mine. I politely laid into his ass. I told him that I've never known a woman who gave birth and wasn't changed. Baby blues and depression are real. Even if a woman never put on a pound and is back to her pre-baby weight, it takes her a long while from what I've seen with all my friends to be confident in her own skin. Every woman is mentally, psychologically, and physically changed after giving birth, no matter how easy or hard the labor or C-section was. 
She steps out of herself. She is insecure for some time. She is exhausted and she has lost herself while trying to be a good mom. I turned to him and said, your ex is not a bitch. She's depressed. She didn't know how to tell you what was wrong, so it came out in anger. She needed you more than the previous six years of marriage and you, sir, fell short. You diagnosed her as crazy when all she probably needed was a bit more attention from you. And FYI, if you were so good to her, no need to brag about it. That's what your ass should have been doing as she fought to bring and sustain life into this world. You will never know what it feels like. His response was silent at first. Then he said none of this had ever occurred to him before. Then I said, I'm sorry for interjecting, but for the sake of your five-year-old daughter and co-parenting, please treat her with respect as of someone who may not be well. She may still be lost, but what a way to get lost by bringing your daughter into this world. Sadly, most men have the same understanding of what postpartum depression looks like. They have no idea that it's very, very overwhelming. I know that even at moments my, in my time, my husband, or at the time my fiance had no clue. You know, I had no clue what was going on for quite a long time myself. But then the arguments and the fights would just be interjected by, I don't understand, you're crazy, you're this, you're that, you're insane. Having conversations with his boys, telling them about how I was off and how I didn't get it and, you know, I just want to leave and all these other different things. But the reality of the situation is, is that postpartum literally takes every bit of your life, your soul. It takes your happiness. It doesn't allow you to be the woman that you once were. You go through fits of rage. You go through fits of crying. And meanwhile, you're crying out for your partner to be there, but you have no way of knowing what's going on. So you can't even communicate to your other partner about what it is that you need. Sometimes you don't even know what it is that you need. Men, I applaud you today. If you have a woman, especially a woman who's just recently had a baby. And remember, postpartum can go well to the first year and some people suffer even after. I applaud you to do your very best to seek and help that woman get help. I applaud you to do your best to be there for her, to just hold her, to just tell her that you're there, that you love her. Attempt to take her out, attempt to make time for her to go out and enjoy the activities that she once did. Once a week is more than enough. If you can go out with your boys to have drinks, you should be able to push your significant other to get out and enjoy some me time. They want to be the best moms, and sometimes being the best mom can overtake them as a woman. They forget that they need needs too. They forget that they need to dress up and do their hair and go out a little bit. They forget those things. So if you're a man and you're hearing this blog for the first time, or if you're a man and you've been following this blog, I applaud you to get all that you can and get some resources behind you. Talk to some of your, your male friends and dispel this concept that women are crazy just because their bodies and their minds are changing. Because that's not the case at all. That was not the case with myself. Depression is real. It's not a game. It's not something that you do just to get attention. It's not something that you do just to get on your partner's nerves. But the best advocate that you can have is having your partner support you in all of your endeavors. And if your partner, as if your wife, your girlfriend, your baby's mom decides to go to get help, Keep that discreetly between her and you. Don't share that information unless she allows you to. And also support her. Don't say, hey, did you go see the loony doctor today? Hey, you taking your pill? You know you're crazy. Don't, don't say things like that. That's the most insensitive thing you can ever do. That's the most insensitive thing you can ever say. 
So if you're a man and you're hearing this, take my personal advice. I've talked to different men who have gone through this with their women. And they said at first they had no clue and they just were just trying to keep their person safe. Like my fiance at the time when we had that huge blow up was just trying to literally keep me safe. But at times, sometimes when everything dies down, sometimes you just need to have a hug to know that you're okay. Because literally I know that I felt like I was outside of my body watching myself go through this very slowly with nobody to help. So be very careful and choose your words very carefully about what you say during these difficult times. A baby doesn't just change your body for nine or 10 months. A baby changes your body for a lifetime. But in those first few years, especially if you're a stay-at-home mom, especially if you have no support, especially if you don't feel like you're being supported, those few months to a year and even after can change, especially if there's a breastfeeding mom because your body is still using hormones that you use when you were pregnant to produce milk. And that in itself can make you go, you know, feel like you're losing it too. So be very careful support your mates, be there like you said that you would. And if anything, if you can't find it in yourself that you've gone, you feel like you and your mate has gone so far, find it in your way to be there for your child by being there for your mate. Because remember, if that woman is going through postpartum and you're not there, you're not in the home, she's going to go through postpartum with that child. So the best thing you could do is support her so that she can support that child. That was Toy from Toy Time performing After the Baby Came, The Rain Fell. Toy, thank you so much for sharing your personal experience with postpartum depression. To the mommies and daddies, this is a very serious topic. I think as a person that's never had a baby, many people feel comfortable discussing postpartum with me just because they feel like I won't judge them or think that they're a terrible mother and they don't love their child or this beautiful baby that's just come into this world. But for the daddies, this post was really important because the man in the blog, he kind of missed the point. He missed that his wife, mother of his child, lost her soul bringing his daughter into this world. And that's a beautiful thing. But I'm gonna let you guys know that if you do not pay attention to some of these signs and support your spouses, you may have a woman in your life feeling like you're just gonna let her stand there and go through everything by herself. He will stand there and watch me give more love than he does. He will stand there and watch me as I sacrifice my inner peace for him. He will stand there and watch me fall apart time and time again without ever trying to catch me. He will stand there and watch me as I raise our children with no help from him, whether we live together or not. He will stand there and watch me fight the world to preserve our love with no help from him. He will stand there and watch me fight the world to preserve our love with no help from him. He will stand there and make me feel like I'm an option in dating. And even when we are married, he will stand there and watch me cling to my sanity when life gets hard for our family yet not lend a true hand to be there for me. He will stand there and destroy me while convincing me that I am the one destroying myself. In a sense, he's right. I have to take some of the blame because I allowed him to stand on the sidelines of our life while making promises that I could be there for us even when he checked out. Not only did he check out, but he broke every promise to me and our family. Worst part is I let him off the hook. I allowed him to stand there and watch me as I self-destruct. With my actions indirectly told him that his love was worth more than mine, that he is worth saving while I'm drowning. Speaking of drowning, did I mention that I cannot swim? I taught myself when I jumped into the ocean and he promised to come in after me, but never did. 
I am a survivor, so you damn right that in the midst of those waves, I taught myself to swim. Hell, I can fly too. That I learned from my children. They should never have to pay for my mistakes. Mommy will swim and fly. I am not Jesus, but I believe in him, and I believe if I need be, he will teach me how to walk on water. And even in the most dire situations, God is able. I want to say that I'm so surprised that he just stood there and watched me, but there were signs from the beginning. I've had to bend over backwards being superwoman for us, sometimes forgetting myself in the process. Yeah, he just stood there and watched me, but I let him. Mommies and daddies, be there for each other. And for the dads out there, be super active and look out for the signs of postpartum depression. Don't be that man that just stands there and watches his woman, mother of his child, suffer. Stay tuned for more episodes. This is the original Kingston J.L. Michaels. Da Vinci Productions.